Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture, and I'm joined by Michael Sidrick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on Friday's edition of Smackdown. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we're not only previewing and reviewing Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! <laughs> AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay for premium line events, hold restaurant interviews, and have a roundtable discussions and round of the week complete with one of the good quiz of course on wrestle culture sige what a treat this is how uh i don't want to i don't believe in like leading questions and sort of thing everybody knows us well enough at this point how did this show positively affect your weekend compared to having not normally getting to view it not remotely ah. not remotely i tend not to watch smackdown in full mm-hmm. i usually just go through the youtube highlights to keep abreast to keep yep. professional um and all the rest of it and watching this was uh Oh, it was a nothing experience. There was some stuff that I liked genuinely on this show. There was a match that I liked. There was a bit of a, a character, not a change, but like the best of a character, the best of someone's skills I saw exploited on this show, which was which was good. Uh, it's such a nothing show to me. Yeah. I That's interesting because uh, all I see around award season is nominations for this, getting multiple Emmys, Oscars, Golden mm-hmm. Globes, the lot. And yet from your description... I kind of agree and don't know who you're referring to. So I'm looking forward yes. to find out as we go along. I have a feeling it's not going to be this because we start with Bianca Belair um, and Charlotte Flair in a face-off conversation. It's Bianca Belair first. Sorry. Where are my manners? It's Jey Uso arriving first and Sidgwick, he's on the warpath. He's mate. on the warpath. I don't know if you could tell that by his sort of like slightly bored-looking shambling. But that's acting. Yeah. Yeah, it's method. Uh, but Bianca Belair starts proper. She comes out of the ring. Um, she's kind of giving you the exposition if you've not been watching between shows, but she's getting the rematch for the women's title. She lost it, of course, in Jeddah to Bianca Belair, and then Charlotte Flair jumped the keys. To ask her. To ask her, excuse me, and it's uh, about time that she got a title shot because Charlotte skipped the line. And then Charlotte skips the line. Yeah. And interrupts her promo before Bianca really gets anything of note out. They were clearly, or at least I read it from Bianca Belair, that they're trying to give this character a little bit more agency. And there's been suggestions that there's going to be teasing towards a heel turn. I just think it's her getting her voice back because she didn't really have one as a champion. Charlotte doesn't give her much chance, kind of patronizes her. It's all very sort of hair roughly and like, hey, Bianca, get you fired up tonight? I'm fired up too. I don't care who wins. Actually, I'm the queen. Why well, it's so insincere. I know, man. It's grim. Uh, you never know if she's a heel or a baby face. But she does say that, like, listening to Bianca Belair has really got her fired up and she's super excited for a singles match if she wins the title tonight. And she might just be on her bloody ringside to watch because she's so into the match. Um, Bianca Belair is permitted the last word. Um, 
and they talk about how uh, <laughs> singles match sounds uh, pretty good for SummerSlam. I'll <laughs> see you there. And then Charlotte leaves, but Bianca Belair's music plays as if she somehow won the conversation. It wasn't my read. I kind of think she just got, yet again, like shown up by this character that almost doesn't exist on the same plane as the rest of the roster. Hated it. I hated this, and I hated the the resulting match that had already been announced. Oh. Because you just... Is there a soul alive with a single brain cell in their little heads who didn't see a disqualification finish coming in this match? No. They have told you with the, uh, the sledgehammer subtle... <laughs> WWE scripting, sorry, that's a lot of alliteration there, <laughs> that they're going to do a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Yeah. These, like, stories are terrible. It's personal issues, draw money, not. It's the way that every single triple threat match ever gets booked. Every character is an idiot. If I'm Bianca Blair, I'm saying, don't put her on ringside, we know how it, this goes. Yeah. We know how this goes, she's going to get involved and the match is going to be completely... Uh, Scrubbed, <laughs> written off. I, I, What's the po- why am I? Why am I watching this? How is it so popular? I know why it's popular because people don't really have tastes. Like, well, <laughs> I'm the kind of person I hate. It sound like I'm 17 years old in sixth form. Yeah. I kind of like stuff that's um, alternative. No, way, that's really? not that's not really in the mainstream. Yeah, um, I watched this film. It's called Donnie Darko. You <laughs> you will not apologize for going off the beaten track. No, that's just who you are. It's, it's really clever. This Donnie Darko film. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I hate. I'm 37 years old. Mm. I hate how wrestling discourse is so stupid um, that I have to make these points as if I'm not like as if I have to present myself as a cliche of a six former to convey the idea that you know, like stuff like this is popular because you know a lot of people in the general public are stupid. That's why we're in the mess we're in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Blow it up. Yeah, yeah, right. if you blow it up and just ask the big questions, you know. Is it Men in Black um, where the system is just a game, like a marble, in a big yeah. game of marbles? With, yeah. The system's just broken, man. It, well, it is. And uh, you know who told me that? Uh, Donnie Darko. little-known fella called Jack Kerouac. Yeah. <laughs> heard, of, heard of him. Yeah, heard of him. Do you know what it occurred to me? You, shall... like, you have to make this point. This stuff plays to a broad audience. Well, do you know who Charlotte Flair was in this? To speak to that point, every WWE heel ever. She's 1999 Undertaker. Like that's right, Bianca Brown. Yeah, five percent like quality match hit rate at this point. It just gets lower by the year because her average goes down. She's got maybe one in her every 12 months, uh, which is where the Undertaker was at by then because he stacked tons up in '96 and '97 working McFoley. Yeah, uh, and but Sean, she, don't forget Sean and Sean. My bread, but she speaks with the authority. Yeah, you wouldn't see him doing a cold Wednesday night against eight ball. No, you certainly would not. <laughs> hey, man, Savio had a hell of an engine. Wasn't too bad at playing bones either. <laughs> uh, like, aye, she like speaks with the, like the, the sort of poise and panache of a thirty-year pro and the conscience. Remember, Jim Ross would call him the conscience of the locker room. It's like, what's that mean, Jim? It means you kind of sucks now, but I got to say something nice about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get my ass kicked by the old man when I get backstage. Hey, pronoun boy, say something good about Taker. It's conscious. He's how you feed your family. It's like Paul Heyman talking about the head of the table. Taker's why you feed your family, fat old Oki. Say something good about him. Like, that's where I feel like we're at with hey, He's friend. a phenom. He's a phenom. He's a conscious. You do not. Uh, well, don't do Jim Ross ones anymore. Oh, yeah. We'll do Undertaker. Yeah. I'm a phenom <laughs> and, and a conscience. I'm just going to, like, do Jim Rossisms, but through The Undertaker. Yeah. Like, uh, 
You don't step on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind. And you don't denigrate the dead man. You don't do that. You don't. <laughs> Basically, if Bianca Belair is allowed to get a shot in on Charlotte Flair on this show, she has to then buy her a crate of beers backstage yeah, yeah, for, like, yeah. wrestler's court rules or something. I um uh oh all right that was good but other than other than that other than that um I right, anyway that's all just like fluff stuff to build up the main event stick around later on the uh, Bianca Belair's there and Charlotte Flair might be around too you know yeah you really believe what's gonna happen you think it's just a bloodline show look at these that's what they say uh brawling brutes pretty deadly was the first match proper and this match sort of uh became more notorious after the fact because otherwise it was kind of a commoner garden standard pretty deadly tag team. Yeah. Which, which I'm quite enjoying at the moment. They are trying very hard to, and they did this on NXT, and I think it was one of the many reasons why we fell in love with NXT. They are trying very hard to bring back the working heel tag team. I think there's a real earnestness to Pretty Deadly. They're not the best wrestlers in the world, and they will never be. This is not... They know the rules. Yeah, you're not going to get bing, bing, ging quality matches out, and that's not a dig at them. But obviously now... It's kind of there's a certain quality of in ring that's expected, and pretty deadly are falling below that, but are constantly working for the cheat. They're constantly working for the shortcut. It's been a feature of almost all of their victories. It was played really nicely into the Zayn Owen match, and that was the crack here. So it's like it's like a ten minute TV match. It's the usual, you know, road WWE formula of the back and forth. You're waiting for the hot tag. You're waiting for the hot tag. But all the cutoffs are like I would grade like. Golden Era NXT tag division stuff like Triple H has, has shown in the past. I think he knows how to agent this sort of stuff or get his producers to do it, and pretty deadly are good at performing it. Um, but it does lead to a hot tag that is not without controversy. Um, Rich Holland is doing the WWE fire up stuff where both um, Kit Wilson and Elton Prince are running at him, and uh, Elton Prince takes a pretty horrendous fall off a pounce come spear thing, and then appears to be injured throughout, but not so that he can't get away with the finish, which is uh, pulling away the turnbuckle. Uh, Ridge Holland goes into it throat first, which is another is an injury he's sustained now for several weeks. Austin Theory was able to get the win. Uh, and with the referee sort of otherwise engaged with Sheamus, I think it was, knocking um, Kit Wilson to the floor. Elton Prince, I might have got those two the wrong way around, hits the leg drop to the throat, which Ridge Holland continues to sell. Pretty deadly get the win. Their presentation, I should note, keeps getting... Upgraded. They've now got like a, a disco ball out there. Yeah, like it's it's a it's the glossy, um, pretty deadly thing that is a WWE law thing about like we're with you when you're getting more and more of this stuff. They're clearly with them with the company. The tag title loss recently doesn't feel like it was any kind of like uh, D push or anything like yeah. that. I enjoyed it, but the conversation has since been engulfed in Ridge Holland being reckless, which I think is a bit unfair. Uh, I hate talking about this, but Ridge Holland. There are superior wrestlers with way better reputations who have injured people more than once in their careers mm. without naming names. It's just, it's part of the business. And I feel for Ridge Holland. This match was immaterial after the fact. Yeah. It's just kind of there for me. And I, uh, I feel for him to a degree because he was pushed promoted to the main roster way too early, like way too early. They've got, they just like certain people in Hmm. that system in WWE, irrespective of where they are, irrespective of how over they are. There are certain people, Rich Holland, Lacey Evans, who just get promoted. And it's like, them? Yeah. Are you kidding? They're nowhere near ready. And it just, it happened for Rich Holland. And yes, you know, he's synonymous with the Big E injury. 
And that, as a result, means that a lot of his work, when it does go awry, is going to get scrutinised mm. unfairly or not, particularly when Big E has come out and said, do not put the blame on him. These things happen because he's just such an amazing, magnanimous guy. But, you know, the thing with Ridge is that some of his stuff looks way too much in... By the same token, some of his stuff just looks really weak. Like mm. when he does the splash to the corner, it's like he's grazing them. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing you should be putting oomph behind mm-hmm. because it's kind of low risk. So I just think he doesn't know his own strength at times in the ring. He doesn't know how to work literally to his strength. Um, I don't know. It's just I think the poor guy was promoted too soon. And I don't advocate a pile-on, because I know how miserable social media can be, so I'm going to leave my analysis there. Well, and he left Twitter there, at least for the time being, so he'll be able to mute it for the time being. Who we won't be able to mute, Sidge, is Grayson Bloody Waller. Can you never mute him? Um, Loud mouth. I, uh, I don't know what you saw last week, but you know what I saw? A guy that could swim, and that was Grayson Waller. Yes. That's what Edge told me, he swam. And uh, Grace, this was pretty good stuff, actually, because Grace Moller was given that unenviable, very WWE task of having to sell how hard the match was and no sell the defeat. I'll say that. AW would never ask one of the losers to be like, hey, be really chuffed about the loss because wrestling a legend at MSG was, was the real quiz. Yeah. But he does a really good job with it. This Like, the start and SmackDown on the Grace Moller effect was not great. Everything post Money in the Bank seems to have clicked. He's finally found his they voice. They took his bit. gimmick very literally. Yeah. Oh, it's like a chat show host. Okay. <laughs> It's like an impartial, sort of harmless... He finds out beforehand if they've got any albums to plug, anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Basically, are oh, so you going to be um, Todd Grisham? Yeah. Hey, Bloodline, got any films coming out? Yeah. Uh, but now, obviously, since sort of uh, messing around with John Cena at Money in the Bank and then having a, a go at Edge last week, he does seem to have found his voice. He's talking about the uh, United States title, number one contenders match, and he mentions The Rock. Uh, the Rock had brought him up online. They've had, like... Grace Moller took the piss, The Rock took the piss back, and then Grace Moller quite smartly said, "Yeah, like everybody wants to use me for clout, that's fine. Yeah, there's an open invite to the Grace Moller effect. Good. Yeah. Like we'd see like an escalated version of that with LA Knight later in the show. Um, and obviously he's ready. He wants to become number one contender later on. Charlotte Flair goes up to uh, Postman Pierce, the ever feckless and useless Postman Pierce, and she's like, "Wow, that interruption, that was me, yeah." You didn't have any other schedule for anything else other than interrupting your number one contender. And he kind of just shrugs like an idiot. And she's like, well, I'm away. I'll, I'll see you later. Uh, and she's barely left shot. And Bailey, it's your interview corridors. Yes. Bailey and Eos guy walk in. They're like, all right, Postman Pierce, looking forward to the big title match tonight. Maybe we'll stick around for the cash-in. See you later. They disappear off shot. Charlotte Flair. What's that I just heard? think I'll stick around. I think I'll stick around and tape up them fists. And, uh, <laughs> seems like we need an ass kicker kicking asshole's ass. Queen's going to be there in a minute. I got a tip. I got a <laughs> tip. <Charlotte> take. <laughs> I got myself a ticket, even though Cody says there's none for sale. Uh, <laughs> sticking with Bailey. It's Bailey versus uh, Zelina Vega next. Um, obviously, this was before the injury at the house show at the weekend, so get well soon, Bailey. Uh, it's only a minute and a half. Uh, 
And it's a for, fairly straightforward TV win for Bailey over Zelina Vega with the rose plant. Um, but that's not the story of this one. Um, it's of Shotzi. It's quite funny. They've got uh, Shotzi's hair that they cut from two weeks ago in the briefcase. Yeah. They're using it as a trophy. Bailey's music plays after she wins and she plays guitar on the strand of braided hair, which is quite nice. So they're really chuffed with this. But then um, Shotzi appears on the screen in a video that um, she's got Kyle O'Reilly to produce. It's all very slick. It's not a piece to camera. It's a slick thing. And the message of the video is that, like, if she thinks that, like, them cutting her hair is a way to control her, they can't. She can't be controlled. Maybe she is a little bit bit crazy and a little bit wacky, but she's not afraid of having her hair cut. In fact, she's going to prove that by shaving it all off. Now, this is... There's two things here, isn't there? This is obviously very in keeping with the shotty character. Yes, that's Um, the main thing for me. This is the stuff she does. She'll take these reckless risks to win matches and indeed like a rest. What would be seen as a reckless risk with her look in order to not let the heels get under her skin. And then obviously the news comes out later and it's really nice that her sister is going through chemotherapy. So That's IR- not the nice news, yeah. I- yeah, sorry. IRL, it's a show of solidarity with her sister, which kind of uh, is... There was a bit of weird online criticism of, oh, like you need to be selling tickets to this. That old carny sort of... I, I hate hair it, versus it. hair. I used to sell out the old sportatorium with that one. It's 2023 whatever just nice isn't it and the fact they have folded it into the story pretty cool i think it's a really cool character motive that they've folded into the story and did a particularly good job and i'm completely with you on that criticism i think it's completely hairbrained yeah don't shave off your hair i've sold some tickets thank you everyone <laughs> well it's like it's completely in character for i cut my part. hair off because the battle i had with triple h remember it <laughs> we're going again booger red Oh, no. Do you remember the one Raw? Because he'd cut his hair off in the summer, but they wanted to be like, he comes out to first Triple H, want to go one more time game? And then like then they do the video of like, man, I was so tough, I cut my hair. But he had to work the one week with the wig. Yes, I'm Undertaker coming out in a wig. What you made me do the game. What you made me do. Um, I, no, I thought it was a very good way of folding it in. Yeah, and the discourse ended there and there for me. Um, obviously, our best wishes go to Shotzi's sister. Um, I have got, I can't imagine complaining about this. I know, <laughs> literally any way. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, it's time, Sage. I'll press the button if I could, but I'm not gonna. But I'll do the. Uh, not that one. No, just it's somewhere on Wilbur Sound. Oh like. my god! Uh, no, I'll just do the partridge. It's Jay Uso time. He's got two brothers, Sage. As you know, I don't know if you knew this. There's his brother. Solus Kota and his brother Jimmy Uso. Yes. And there's something special about his twin brother Jimmy Uso that's different to his relationship with his brother Solus. Are you clear? Yes, yes. Clear about all the family. What's his uh, other brother called? Uh, Solus Kota. And the other one? Uh, Jimmy Uso. Right, I like to have that reminded. Got it. Every week. Got it. Yeah. That's good. It just helps. It's, I, I thought you were basically getting me to mention for the 15th podcast in a row that Solus Kota's real name is Joe Yokozuna Fatu. Yes. Like an absolute legend. Yeah. Use that one day. Uh, anyway. When one twin is hurt, he hurts too. And that's the point. Like, they've put Jimmy in the hospital, and Jay's been feeling You know what Ryokozuna's real name was? Rodney. Big Rodney. Hell of a bones player. Hell of a bones player. Hell of a bones player. You want to get out of there? Talk about one, two, three kid being a litmus test. Yoko was a litmus test. If you can't draw with Yoko, you can't draw. And I, I drew nothing. And I drew with nothing with him. <laughs> I changed the rules because I'm a dead man. Thanks, Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everything, Mick. Let's get me and you on the network sometime. Uh, aye. Jimmy's hurt. He's hurt. 
uh, and Jay respects the tenets of the bloodline and the family and everything like that, um, but he does not respect Roman Reigns, and he no longer respects his other brother, Solo Sokoa, or for that matter, Paul Heyman, who's been basically been milking this family for 40 years. Uh, Heyman and Solo Sokoa interrupt. Um, Solo Sokoa is not here for violence. Jay, what's on you, pal? He's here to keep the peace. Um, Paul Heyman promises that next week, Jay can come face-to-face with Roman Reigns. Dot, dot, dot. For a rules of engagement ahead of their title match. It's going to be Chris Jericho. I, was, I, was, I saw that, and Chris Jericho was basically the mud honey of WWE. <laughs> All of his... It's like the craft work. Yeah. All of his absolutely ridiculous names for parlay team meeting in attendance is compulsory. <laughs> like, all of that stuff. You know, so-called referendum. Yeah. I, made, I made that one up. WWE have just thieved it. Just had it. And they've absolutely just done it. They've completely, like, putting a stupid name on an angle mm. was Jericho's idea, mm-hmm. genuinely. And they've thieved it. It's fine. And they are doing a much better job. And now it's like serious money drawing business, yeah. basically. You say, like, we hear from Jey Uso. Yeah. It probably, are we here from, or a contract signing. Aye. Now that they are putting these daft names on it, it's become, it's like the name, it's like the, the, the colon, boom, like the mm-hmm. electric boogaloo of, like, title conventions for what this is. And, well, this is a cinema. Well, I mean, I just want to, like, if we're nicking stuff wholesale, can we one day get Roman Reigns addresses his enemies? Yes. Like, he's just a paranoid... Can you imagine the state of the internet if they... And I don't like the state of the internet. Nor do I care about it. When people say, oh, go up. Can you imagine the conversations that are going to take place after this? Like, imagine the discourse. Don't care. I don't usually don't. You threw it now. I would like to be able to... <laughs> if they ever did that, I'd want to go on Twitter. Yeah. And I would, in fact, care what people thought. Well, it's it rules would of en- be hilarious. It's rules of engagement next week, which I guess... I mean, we'll preview that later this week, but I'm assuming it's possibly labelling stipulations or something for the SummerSlam match, which they haven't made official, but it, you know, it's being discussed. It's surely going to be uh, Uso and uh, Roman at SummerSlam. But uh, yeah, Heyman's not here to fight. He just wants to talk. Um, he just doesn't see a tribal chief in Jey Uso because check this out, Cedric. What happened to Jimmy? It wasn't Roman and Solo. It was Jay. Yeah? yeah? None of us saw this one coming. Yeah. Um, it's because he went against the tribal chief. It's because he went against Roman Reigns. Uh, according to Paul Heyman, who's got an ear at the ground of these sort of things, none of the family will uh, ever forgive Jay, including Solo Sokoa, because Solo and Jimmy are also brothers. Yeah, I'm being really snarky, right? I quite enjoy this. You like, like it, I man. Think like, I, d- I think the exposition is the stu- needs work. It's <laughs> like the stupidest the- thing of all time. Yeah. I've been funny. They think these people are morons who watch it. Jey Uso stood there. Like, I like this, and yet Jey Uso still stood there and made to act like, so, Solo thinks it's my fault? Like, well, of course he would say that. Yes. He's been living this life for three years. Of course this would be their route one. Roman's been like, gaslight him for us, I can't be asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. no bother, Tribe Chief, see you later. Like, it's the most formulaic sort of route done one. done a lot of travelling recently. Yeah. <laughs> gaslight him for me, and I'll come back for summer. See you next week. Yeah, 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 the one after the one before. Um. So, yeah, Solo... Can't forgive him, and obviously the more Paul Heyman talks, the more Solo bubbles under, and then eventually explodes. He goes after Jey Uso and gets booted off to the arena floor. Heyman's all by himself. Solo again tries to make the save, but Jay dodges the spike, allowing Jay to superkick Paul Heyman, who takes a pretty funny bump. It's all very it's top, class. Top on the back, you know, like in just mere panic. Um, Jay's got the chair again, which he, of course he used last week. Solo gets back in, and he uses it instead. Right. This is why I'm, like, why we took the piss is because the exposition is daft. 
there was a point where Jey Uso was getting what chance, and I don't think that was the fans protesting against him, nor do I think Jey Uso realised, oh, hang on, when I do my speech pattern bit, it's because Jimmy's there, and we do the, our own call and response, yeah. and I'm leaving the gap because Jimmy's not there. Oh, Christ, the fans are filling it with what? They're ingrates. They, they don't, like... and they're swine. He got to the end of one of his bits. A huge cheers. Not the buttons. Like, people in the crowd, you can see them cheering. It's like, you just wanted him for the last three things he said. But I don't even think they know they're doing it. They're listening intently. What? God, this is good stuff. What? Yeah, I can't believe it. What? what? <laughs> it's just but I. But he came through that. And this is kind of like where I want to round it up, because I've took the piss out of this. I don't believe Jey Uso can beat Roman Reigns, and that is the task that I've set WWE ahead of SummerSlam to make this as effective as some of the stuff has been recently. I, I'm starting to at least accept him as a, um, a just underneath tier singles guy, and I don't think that's—I think that's a net positive. No, I, I see it in him. I just think the the one thing they can't sell me is the one thing they need to, um, which is he beats. He's the guy. That, a lot of people on the internet have been like. Eh. Sorry, Cody loses. This was Jay's story long. Come on, it, it wasn't. wasn't. It wasn't, man. It you know wasn't. it wasn't. It's this company. Um, and I just can't get there. But I do see things in both Usos, but especially in Jay. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. After the fact, they might have, they might have made somebody here. This is my exact takeaway. Genuinely, I watched this and thought, you know what? Since twenty twenty. Onwards, and if this match at SummerSlam is as loud as we think it's going to be, and he is in fact main event Jey Uso, like uh, particularly over the last calendar year since he's been really sort of positioned back in the real mix, and he's like you know the soul of the storyline or whatever. Mm. Between his tag team exploits with the Usos, who are pretty much considered by the WWE base to be one of, if not the best tag teams of all time, his role in the story, as much as I think it's just absolute melodramatic soap opera and not particularly well acted at that. Objectively, if you look at what he's done, the the storylines he's been involved in, the matches, the longevity, like Jey Uso, you could probably say has had a legendary WWE career. Yeah, 13 years in now. I always remember Brett winning the belt, and it was like eight and a half years this, eight and a half years that, because he'd been the tag team guy. Yeah, And yeah. he was suddenly like rocket-strapped a little bit, but worthy of it. Like, it just things like that don't happen in WWE anymore. They don't follow, like, the natural order. But if, he, if say, Jimmy had to retire tomorrow, and this was Jay, and in another year's time, he'd be like, I've been here 14 years. 
and a lot of that was like trapped in purgatory. Yeah. You could buy it, couldn't you? You could buy it, yeah. You could buy that. It's not been a wasted journey. It's not been one of them 14-year careers. They've made, they've made a massive star out of Jey Uso. They yeah. have made a massive star out of him. What chance I know. And I enjoyed the segment more than I've enjoyed last week's um, matinee. Mm. Because he talked and acted like a uh, motivated, top-level babyface wrestler. Not a character in a soap opera. He cut a promo here like a professional wrestler. And it was like 75-minute Duplass Brothers versus last week's Scorsese three-and-a-half-hour epic as well. Yes. So, like, we desperately needed that runtime to be shaved, and we got it. Yeah. So I felt like a pro-wrestling babyface here. Yeah. And he's a really good one, so I don't know why they don't do it more often. Mm. Um, Speaking of... Because... Some opera characters get massive ratings, it would seem. That's the answer to my snarky question. I'll take that segue instead, actually. Speaking of getting massive ratings, here's somebody that can't. Austin Theory. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Out, right, so Austin Theory comes out for commentary. Yeah. And oh, I, want, I want to make mention of this because this was Grayson it's Waller. Important. Yeah, this is Grayson Waller. Rex Mark. He should be maximizing his minutes. <laughs> Dead man says you got to maximize your minutes. <laughs> Hey, Glenn, you want to be my brother? You better get out there and maximize your minutes. I ain't Turn around, no, God damn it! That's not the hard camera. I ain't got no Dennis for a brother, and I sure ain't got no Diesel. I ran that asshole out of this company. <laughs> out of town. I don't Nash anymore. Um, all right, this was Grayson Waller versus Butch versus AJ Styles versus Santa Escobar that are all more suitable candidates to be a um, secondary title holder than Austin Theory, who came out here Drum on... And Jeff Farmer is a better candidate <laughs> to be a United States champion than Austin Theory. I like... I keep saying this, right? So it's the, useless. So the match he is was... without use. The match was a sprint move exchange for... That was really fun. Right? Really, really like high energy. Very little selling, but just all four of these could realistically I win. I didn't need it in this context. Yeah. AJ is the main star, so kind of holds it together and is the favourite. There's four of them. I was like, ah! Yeah. All of them have got like impact moves. There was tons of two and three and four moves, which you want to see because the last thing you want to be thinking is, ah, why can I see somebody draping their arm on the apron in the right-hand corner? Yeah. They're watching for their moment. There was very little of that. And I was super... I could imp- barely see the wires. Super impressed with this. Especially because, like I say, like in Grayson Waller and Santos Escobar, you kind of, they're still getting their feet wet on the main roster. And AJ, you have to be really, AJ is really smart at this because it could easily look like he's having like a drop down a level. And he, it's like Rey Mysterio. He doesn't, he just elevates the people he's with and it becomes more prestigious because he's there. And again, the opposite of prestigious is happening at ringside where I swear, like Triple H, when he was, and it was hilarious watching Austin Theory get in. And when he went like, bop, off uh, Tyson Fury at Clash at the Castle. Yeah. Or the SummerSlam one with Brock and Reigns. Um, and then he, don't worry, kid. Just like uh, the old man said to me, you're going to learn to love the taste, but you're yeah. going to work out in the end. you got to eat it, son. Hasn't worked out in the end. He keeps doing this. Michael Cole had Austin Theory's life on this. There was mm-hmm. an, uh, this is awesome chat halfway through, and he basically said, you wouldn't know what that's like, would you? He used to toss her. And like, not say that about Wade. Was it about Wade? I, I thought he said so. it about Austin Theory. I Maybe I'm about that. Wade. But like, there was a number of situations like that where, like, I don't know if Michael Cole's getting fed lines or the top dollar stuff's giving him his confidence a little bit. Yeah. He's been around that long, maybe. He's, he's, a, he's a cat kicker. Yeah. And Austin Theory shouldn't be the cat and is. And if you're Austin Theory. Finn Balor's a cat. And you, <laughs> you want a deep cut there for the long, long term listeners. Good bit of LTST. If you're Austin Theory and everybody's already said, mate, like, we've got a Miz and we're, we're not happy with the Miz, but we know where we stand with the Miz. We'll just keep the Miz. He's always going to be here. And then. Grayson Waller arrives and be like, now we've got a better Miz. Yeah. You must be feeling a bit like nervous about your spot. He comes out, he's terrible on commentary. He doesn't feel convinced as a champion. He watches a match which takes place and is, not to be cruel, substantially more entertaining than any 
multi-man offs in theory match I've ever seen, and I've seen in loads of them, not least the ones including Seth Rollins and Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Lashley. So like, there's been plenty of them. And there's a really class finishing sequence where, um, what do we have? So we had Styles, who was ready to hit the Styles clash on Grayson Waller, and then he happens to turn to the screen and the, stroke a look for Karrion Cross because right as yeah. Styles was turning to hit that Styles clash, he happened to face the screen. And Karrion Cross backstage had commandeered a cameraman to watch him choke out Carl Anderson. Uh, really worried about the Good Brothers. Well, <laughs> and Karrion Cross has got them. Yeah. What now? What about the Good Brothers? So Styles like, why's my friend's face blue? So that was him as good as yeah. done. And he goes to leave. Uh, which results in, um, yeah, Styles goes out to the outside. Waller stops Styles being able to make the save by decking him on the floor and then dives in with the rolling stunner on Butch. But then because of the way Waller lands sort of like on his back, Escobar did the old flying from nowhere, Beep, splashed him before yeah. Waller could make the cover, finished, kicked ass. Yeah, again, couldn't, couldn't see the wires at yeah. virtually any point in this match. Opportunistic high flyer finisher takes advantage of the fact I'm on the top rope and he's on his back. See you later. Like, gets the win. Escobar's uh, got the one of the two number one contender spots. There's going to be another four-way next week. We'll get a little promo build-up later on with the guys. We'll mention one of them specifically, where he's the first guy to be able to point Austin Theory and say, I should have the belt instead of you. And everybody goes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, again, just to recap my thoughts on the match, could barely see the wires. Fun in a way that... It wasn't just a bit of fun, you expect it in this genre. I thought it did like, like it wasn't quite on the level of the WrestleMania showcase, mm. tag team showcase, where it was like boom spot, but like a really good way to build it and just not show the wires and just everything came out of nowhere. And, and there was a hit in that, I suppose, as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was kind of like scaffolded in a similar way where you couldn't see what was being built in front of you. So I was really impressed for a fun TV sprint. Austin Theory, oh my God. Like, Unacceptably dry on commentary. Yeah. Like he is dry as it gets. He's you know, he hasn't got the it factor. He's very much a project. I think the worst the the damning part about Austin Theory is that everyone can see it. As in everyone can see that he doesn't have it. Yeah. My God. I have I'm trying to phrase this delicately, right? Because this word has got certain connotations, I think, in political spheres and that I don't like. Like non playable character. I think it's got some weird, horrible okay. Alt-right connotations. So I don't want to use that phrase without couching it with me saying nothing to do with that. When you play on like a game, like a really old PS2 title, and you've finally got the technology to have your player walk around backstage and like interact with people, and it comes up on those um, text boxes at the bottom, or maybe in the next edition... They can actually speak, and yeah. the wrestlers can record a soundbite in a studio and get hey, out. Kane, maybe we should go and see what Dawn Marie's up to. Yes, yeah. that, exactly that kind of thing. Austin Theory spoke exclusively like this. <laughs> it's absolute, terrible, flat, fake. Like, I think he was asked for comment because he just didn't spark into life. You yeah. should be on that in that booth thinking, right, I can get myself over, I can build a match with them, them. If I come up with, like, a witticism at the extent to, at the expense of one of these wrestlers involved, like, that could spark, like, a booker into action. Yeah. If the whole idea is you don't really get that many opportunities to say something off the cuff, like, is this a test? Chew them up. Yeah, chew well. them up chew and them spit up. them out. Yeah. And if you're under instruction 
to not say that, and you're meant to speak in these sound bites, how is that going to get them over? My understanding is you get a lot, of, a little bit of latitude because it's one of the few opportunities. It's you know that weird WWE system where it's like, hey, you got to make something for yourself. No, no, don't say that. Yeah, these weird things collide. Aye. It's like you know you got to do it yourself. Okay, I'll say this. Not what are you saying that for yourself. You can't say things yourself. That's a script. It's like, well, how do I win? How do I win? <laughs> I think that this is one of those few times where it's like, right there, don't make a match with him down the line. Like, talk about him and just be entertaining. Just get yourself over. Get some, like, get MP4s on Twitter or whatever these kids do. Yeah. It's basically make an impression. Uh-huh. You've got a good eight minutes to just talk your trash and get yourself over. And he said literally nothing. That's why everyone wants to face you. Uh, uh, like, Michael Cole was saying something like, oh, the action. Back and forth, near fall after near fall. Here we go. Whatever Michael Cole says. Yeah. And Austin Theory goes, yeah, yeah. They're wrestling like that because everyone wants to fight the United States champion, Austin Theory. <laughs> and then just stood there and looked blankly. It's like, what are you doing? You've got no instincts for this game whatsoever. Like, Ed, none. Edge walks out, still in his gear from last week, and just goes, you sank. You sank. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. He knows. There was a, you know, they give him the panning entrance um, as it was coming around to him, and he obviously can, he's got a, a second. It's like John Cena speaking to the camera before he runs down the room. He's got that, that second to say something. He's like, they all keep talking. I just keep winning. He knows. Yeah. It, like Maybe his confidence is low, but... I, yeah. Um, yes. Speaking of wrestlers that have had low confidence, but maybe shouldn't, because it feels like... I don't know. Should we be picking up loose threads here? Um, the Street Profits are waiting backstage, and a massive limo pulls up. Um, and the limo back door opens, and it's Bobby, Bobby Lashley, Lashley back for the first time in ages. Um, he's here for them. It's all pleasantries and all happy exchanges, hugs and all that. And the three of them get in the limo and go off together. That was all we got this week. Um, Any thoughts? My thoughts are, and this is discourse I do dread, I do not want certain fans to fantasy book the reformation of a certain faction. WWE were doing it. Was it before us? I was talking about a different faction. You know what certain WWE fans are like. Oh, Christ, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's move on. Um, Potential big move for the Street Profits, though. I don't hate this. I don't hate it at all. It's about Buddy Time that did something with two blokes so talented. He's uh, Triple H, right? AW, take notes. What he's doing is putting factions together. But you want to be careful. You don't have too many. Otherwise, people get confused. Yeah. Right? So that, maybe that's why it keeps breaking up. That's why, like, the Judgment Day and Imperium have got all these teasers. Because oh, Triple H, like, yeah. I'm putting three new ones together, and that's it. That's it. Kind of confuse the fan base. Yeah. Bloodline are done. Uh, AJ Styles. Bloodline will be back together before WrestleMania next year. I think Jimmy's turning on Jay at SummerSlam, by the way. Like, I think that's I think he is. I think that's what I was saying to Willborn. It's like, you're more concerned about fighting for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against your cousin Roman Reigns than you were looking after your brother Jimmy Uso at the local medical facility. Yes, I was sat watching a um, a television set tuned to the Fox Channel on Friday night when you said, "When I hurt, you hurt too." Well, he didn't look hurt challenging our cousin Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. The Jay. undisputed WWE Universal yes. Championship, Jay Uso. Jay Uso, and that's going to be the motivation for the turn. And Roman's like. Well done, you've fallen in line. It's better than ever in the bloodline. Thank you, Jimmy Uso, my cousin. Yes, have a lay. 
I acknowledge you it. You could be main event Jimmy, and then everyone's like, oh my God, that's what you call Jay. It's it's cinema. That's a, that's what you call a callback. They do it in the MCU. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't really care about that discourse. It's call it cinema. Call it what you want. It's soap opera, actually. Do you know what I don't care about? Wrestling. Well, this particular strain of wrestling, AJ Styles threatening to get Karrion Cross like he hasn't already got him like four times. Like he's like going to get revenge. I get you. How he's got him? Got him clean. Got him clean. That's how the feud started. Triple H kind of bookman. Paul Heyman should do the whole thing. He cannot book Karrion Cross. Definitely not. Uh, quick run of promos, and I only mention this because so you got Rey Mysterio, Cameron Grimes, remember him, and Sheamus wanting the United States title. They're going to have a four-way next week to determine who fights Santos Escobar. But the fourth man from that is L.A. Knight. Yeah! yeah! And he doesn't get to do a promo backstage. He comes out in front of the fans. Um, they're giving him yes as a call and response instead of a what whenever he sort of leaves that gap for it. Uh, he notes correctly that every like everyone is now talking about LA Knight whenever he looks online all he sees is himself you know there's been all these videos people have been really excited to go on like an LA Knight treasure hunt haven't they it's not, yeah. just, it's not just like oh he did this funny thing in Impact it's like he was in an advert he was in a Triple H gym video like, they just keep finding stuff and uh, he references that people are using his name and views to get clicks which I think is a bit of a dig at Kevin Nash for their yeah. rock comment uh, he calls himself the best decision the company ever made love that line amazing. so much amazing he says he's coming for the United States title I believe him I and Austin Theory should be counting down the days um, he said like we can all say he's the megastar we can all say he's the goat but sooner or later we'll just call him champ this was brilliant man this is brilliant and uh, to be fair I think he's got even better in him I love that line scripted or otherwise about the best thing that this company ever did. Yeah. That's arrogance on a whole different level. Like, he looked a little bit taken aback. Yes. By the reaction, which is weird because you don't want your super composed, cool guy character to, like, lose his composure Took an extra heaving breath, didn't he? But I just, I was, I thought it was a little bit um, endearing that he was like that. That was pretty cool, this. Um, And then, like, it's not, uh, because there was all the um, controversy about why he didn't appear at last week's SmackDown. And regrettably, it's probably because of Gordon, Robert Gordon. And Dad won the turf. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon. Yeah. But I'm kind of a four-year-old in the garden. My father said that, and I never understood that. And I never understood it until yeah. this day, and that means keep LA Knight out of it. Yeah, yeah. Paul. And Triple H angrily slamming his the laptop lid after the Zoom call. I can't use LA Knight, you know. Yeah. So this felt like his sorry LA Knight and really sent him out there. He's like, he's got to win this match of SummerSlam. He's got to win this. He's got to beat Santos Escobar. Which again is very Triple H. I'll give you like one of the best rests. Please just get to three stars. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Santos will give you the best match you can and then just beat this loser at SummerSlam. It's got to go that way, isn't it? You'd think so, but we've been here with uh, LA Knight before. Yeah. Uh, main event time. Main event time. Main event time. SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Asuka versus Bianca Belair. Um, before the match can get started, EO Sky and Bailey are there with the ticket in hand. But wait. Charlotte comes out too. She's got a ticket as well. Like, where are people he's getting these tickets from? I thought WWE's scalpers. Highest <laughs> in town, scalpers outside. <laughs> scalpers. Uh, <laughs> it, what do you call them over there? Touts. Touts. You call them touts. Ticket touts. Ticket over touts. Here. Yeah. Uh, that they used to be a social media before a guy calls in. He had 15 seconds of fame and tout. Yeah. They used to love Brian on uh, talking smack. Like, come on, Renee, let's tout it out. Uh, this doesn't really get going, in truth. It's constantly cut into um, Bailey and Eo Sky with the briefcase on one side and Charlotte on the other and all that sort of stuff. And you know, as soon as it's going to spill the floor, which it inevitably does, that's where they're going to get involved. 
so um, Bianca Belair does the KOD onto the table as all of a sudden Sky Bailey and Charlotte are over the rail. How is this again? So Bailey looks like she's going to get involved, at which point Charlotte, ostensibly the babyface, attacks Bailey to stop any wrongdoing. EO Sky, in response to Charlotte Flair's attack on Bailey, clocks Charlotte with the briefcase. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's a, I think it's that, is that the DQ? Um, anyway, that's when they're sort of teasing, ah, I've got the briefcase in hand. Yeah. The champion's down, the challenge is down. I can at very least make this triple threat. Looks like I'm going to, you know, cash in. Just went to a pay-per-view. Put your feet up, train, Yeah. enjoy your, you know, recreational life, and then wait for a grueling pay-per-view match. Yeah. The reason the edge one worked right, you know, I'll just... These six minutes for Ric Flair and wait for this devastating cage match. Yeah. I don't seem to be knackered. But Eos Guy's thinking she's going to do it. This is how the finish came. She was thinking she's going to do it. She's taken that moment with the briefcase, but then Charlotte Flair has recovered and goes for a spear on Eo, who moves out the way. The spear hits Bianca, and that's what causes the DQ, because obviously Bianca's a lead competitor in the match. So that's the bell rang on the match, but there's still more to come. Um... Eoskai is about to go for a moonsault on Asuka because she can still cash in if she wants, I guess. But Asuka spots an opportunity as Bailey crawls back onto the apron and mists Bailey. And in the sort of the chaos of Bailey getting the mist in the face, Asuka's able to roll to the floor. Eoskai goes to Bailey and it wasn't anybody's night tonight and everyone sort of left lane. Asuka's kind of got the last word, but to your point from the opening promo, this was always going to lead to the triple threat. I the, couldn't invest in a. I cashing. could not invest in a single second. You know, you've got that decent chemistry uh, between the two with the submission versus the power game. That was explored a little bit, but they just do some of the spots that you can do like you did in Mania and then just wait for the finish. Yeah. Like, how did anyone invest in this? You know, if I was there live and I saw a cool bit of a sequence, I might go, whoa! Yeah. Because being live is cool. Yeah. Being in a live show is really cool. Even if you know... I've been there when you know the result and you still get into it because like live wrestling just looks so much more impressive in a live setting. So I can, if there was a little bit of noise, you could see why, because people enjoy going to these things live. If you're watching this on television or on YouTube or, you know, watch, whatever, I don't know how you could possibly like get your eyes glued to the screen at this. Mm. I just imagine being that person and I'd love to just be that naive, I guess. I don't know. I'm such a cynical. I don't enjoy being the cynical husk of a human being, like half the time. It's like the most pleasant existence to go around <laughs> with the with the glass half full, and to expect bad things or predictable things or having. I'm not even that clever, man. I keep, <laughs> go, I keep going on like, oh, you know, this is insulting to my intelligence. How do they not know that I know Wasn't what's exactly going to happen next? Kafka esque. This was it. I'm, I'm pretty thick. <laughs> I can't drive. I can't do DIY. Like I'm not a practical thinker at all. I had to get my wife to construct um, the pop up flex goal that we got James yes. for his birthday this year twice. I think <laughs> and crack it the next time I do it. Like, I'm not particularly clever. I hate doing the I'm above this. Yeah. I read the catcher in the rye in year 11 <laughs> before I even got a sixth form, actually. Yeah. I read uh, Stephen King. Um, I went off point horror when I was like um, in year five and six. I got, um, I got it when I was uh, in year five, which is true. I, I, can, do t- I can read and write. That's uh, it. I didn't just read the Simon Armitage and the Poetry Anthology. I went and read around it. I did. Carol Ann Duffy, actually. Yeah. Like, just the extra stuff because it taught me about metaphors and similes. Yes. 
I, I'm th- I'm pretty thick sometimes. Did you? Um, I'm the same as you with DIY, and I've got no practical skill. I've got and, and yet, no common I, sense. I don't want to be that person who goes like these these WWE thickos. Not, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying I'm not that thick. How, <laughs> how thick, are you? but not that thick. How are you with the uh, the push chairs when the kids were little? Because I used to have to like I must have practiced that a hundred times before it like you know like the folding or the oh yeah when yeah. you're out and about there's no choices to like you need to be able I to. I was pretty. I was all right with that. I think. The car seat, oh my god. What was the what, I hate that I've forgotten these terms now because I'm gonna have to relearn them for World War Sake. What was the name of the gimmick where you just we got one of them in the end and it was like a lifesaver where it like drops in and locks? What's it called? It's like a metal a car seat. seat, yeah. Like the car seat, you would just click it in and it oh, something. I'm gonna have to google it in a minute, but like, I know I, I do the gimmick where you have to work out how to do the seatbelt around it. And all, all right, okay, it. So it was pretty easy to be fair. It was really quite easy once you get used to it, but you know. I'm thick. It took, takes us a few times. I can't remember the name of this, but it's like, uh, I've done, I googled it there hoping it would just be the first one to come up, but for some reason, you know, and every now and then it gives you like an American one, it says. It's like, America, buckle up! And it's like, there'd never be a yeah. UK car seat called buckle up! Buckle up! Uh, aye, but I just saw... The last... Um, when I first got a job at Walk Culture, I had to learn my commute on the weekend as a dry run before I did it on the Monday in case I got lost. I know, I like that. Dry runs and stuff. That was that feels like a everybody else would just use Google Maps. Well, I suppose Google now, Maps. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking like we're still of that age where like a, some careers advisor at school would be like, do two dry runs, one in air dry weather, one in wet weather, because that'll change the transport rules and things like that. Yeah, like, it was um, Isofix. I don't base. know what that is. No, it's like a little metal clip thing. If you get a maxi cozy system, all this sort of stuff. Like we're born and you know all this thing. It's not. That's got one of those. Uh, well, that's got the seatbelt hooks are rounded. It's not my issue anymore. They're just sitting in the actual chairs. I think that's possibly illegal. I don't know what I've done to implicate myself there. Look at those little pieces. Your something. children are 14 and 12. That's right. Yes, thank you, Sidgwick. Um, and if your children are 14 and 12, listen, now, listen to our podcast wherever you get them from. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I hope we weren't too snarky about the line because I think we both enjoyed it despite it. You can take the piss oh, out. He's a good baby face. You, you can take the piss out of it and like it, it at the same often. time and people shouldn't be so bloody sensitive about their favourite wrestlers. Uh, but if you want to be with us on Twitter, you can do where you can get Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can get me at Michael Hamflit. Um, we'll be coming back later on with the Raw preview. The Collision review is up there already if you want to get that. And until next time, we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.